0: Welcome back to the tv podcast i'm david j lore and i'm here to talk about the alienist with jessica epstein welcome back jess
1: hello great to be here
0: and we're talking about episode two a fruitful partnership uh lots of things happened in this episode and um i don't know it seemed it seemed a little more balanced than the, than the first episode what seemed do you
1: think? to have a, a little bit better flow mm-hmm. um and what I noticed is just a lot of little seeds being dropped to flower later on. Yes, so it's it's very good at a look or a word or a phrase that you know is, you know, a harbinger of something else that's going to come. You don't know exactly what. <laughs> um, you know, you're you're not exactly sure how it's all going to play out, but it's it's like um, breadcrumbs, right. You know. And what's interesting is you are part of the team now, sitting around the table with all of them. You feel like you're on their side Mm -hmm. and that you're part of trying to figure it out because you are as as the watcher. Right. Now you're seeing the clues. Now you're hearing about the knife. Now you're getting the, you know, the fingerprints and how how are you going to put it together? So I think that was kind of interesting.
0: Right, it was it was a, a lovely way of setting all that up. Uh, I mean, theater has trained me in what we call Chekhov's gun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, uh, Chekhov always said if you introduce a gun in the first act, it has to go off in the third act. Mm-hmm. And that's well, we what got it, a
1: gun. We well, got a gun in the drawer.
0: Right, right, and in we know O'Connor's something's drawer. going on. Uh, so yeah, but a lot of these a lot of these little details are little Chekhov's guns of their own. We know they're going to go off at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did. They did a nice job laying those, lay, laying the groundwork for
1: those. So let's go back to the opening scene, which took me by surprise.
0: Okay. I guess
1: he was in a morgue, and in the morgue you can use the um, gases inside of bodies to light little flames.
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Things you didn't know about. It's like a like a birthday sparkler uh, on a dead guy. <laughs> I mean, so really, I,
0: you shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, not for uh, me. Um, <laughs> and and he's trying to get, you know, the bodies. He's trying to get some help. But what was interesting is that this person is saying, you were no sign of your faith. You insist that you are God. Yes. And Chrysler says, no, I insist no such thing. Um, there's this... Um, sort of tension building up between the men who go about their typical um criminal and post criminal business you know the uh, the body people the cops the investigators but then outside of them looking for something deeper is Christo and nobody likes him right not the guy at the morgue, definitely not the cops, barely TR, can barely tolerate him. So there's another minister that comes into his institute later and talks about God and talks about, uh, Chrysler says, well, how is your God one that creates, uh, you know, pleasure, but also impulses, you know, of this child? Whose God is that? Right. And it it sounded like nothing was happening to that girl except maybe puberty, and mm-hmm. and becoming you know sexually aware, and and that was enough to think your child was crazy and needed leeches. <laughs> uh, it, 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 so the female sexuality was so terrifying, right? At that at that time, that they would you know lock women up for being you know too sexual,
0: right. I mean, uh, there's a fantastic play by Sarah Rule, called, basically called The Vibrator Play, mm-hmm. about the beginnings of figuring out female sexuality at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and using that as a treatment for hysteria. Right. right. They thought women were hysterical about that. Um, and it was, that's part of how I learned the difference between hilarious and hysterical. And I tried <laughs> not to use that. I'm like, no, 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 if something's funny, it's hilarious. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So it's... it was
1: an interesting episode. So we start there. He doesn't get the bodies, and then the next thing you know, the Santorellis are getting the crap beat out of him, the dad, mm-hmm. by two police guys plus a priest,
0: which is convenient.
1: It's it's not a good look for the church. Nope. They're they're in deep <laughs> to some bad things. I think that's going to manifest itself. Uh, a guy. I thought he, they were going to kill him.
0: Right, right. I think they just wanted to beat him up to to send a message. To don't say, talk to anybody. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, don't no, don't make any further inquiries. You know. Um. And I think after that scene, the police go back to the headquarters and look for Teddy Roosevelt, and his hand is still bloody. Uh, from beating up this poor man right and he goes to sarah and and's just so creepy when <laughs> he t- takes his bloody hand and finger and and takes that eyelash off her cheek
0: and, he and says, tries to blow it for luck
1: blow yeah. it for luck yeah, disgusting, disgusting
0: and and um, she very it, it it takes a few minutes and she very clearly is not going to blow, and he gives her a look as he yeah. passes, finally yeah. pulls his hand away. And that's that's both a measure of him but a measure of her too.
1: She stood her ground. Yeah. She's standing her ground against these people. But their um but their antenna are up for her. Right. They're right. watching her. There's that other scene where she's leaving the office after finding the hidden files and someone has their eyes, someone saw that. Yeah. You know, someone caught her already. You know, being where she wasn't supposed to be, it'll be interesting how how that manifests going forward. Right. Um, I mean, she's a pretty good spy, but she's not a great spy.
0: Right. She's never done this before. She's
1: doing her best. She found the keys. She found the files. She went to the, um, you know, the, the unsolved mysteries. Um, but she's poking around, and I'm I'm a little afraid of how it's gonna, you know, poke back at her at some point. Right. Right.
0: So let's see. What do I have in my notes? Um. Yeah. The the. Um, well, when she climbed up to look in the cold cases, I I did have a terrible terrible moment where I flashed back to the naked gun.
1: And, oh okay.
0: And I was like, No, no, don't do that! Don't do that. Um. But. Yeah, that was... There, there were a couple of little moments like that that just took me out of the episode for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one, because all I had in my head was, nice beaver. And it's like, no,
1: no! Oh, I never uh, saw that movie. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. There, uh, it's a long story. Okay. Um, and then there's another moment where when they're at the opera, mm-hmm. and that first shot to establish the singer, and he's, he's dressed as a jester, and he turns, and I swear he looked like Jack Black in a comedy... and and then then i realized that this was a very cost-effective way to show an opera without showing an opera
1: right just the guy
0: it's just the guy with the backdrop but then all i could think was wow all the money you guys spent and that's your opera oh no and it was it was just a weird moment for me
1: Hmm, kind of took you out of the scene yeah that that opera didn't bother me because obviously they they're filming this in hungary
0: yeah, I, I think...
1: In Budapest?
0: Budapest.
1: And that's a fantastic theater.
0: Oh, yeah, that was beautiful. I mean, that's
1: just gorgeous. Uh, and all the boxes. And then the people, you know, with the opera glasses, looking at the other people in the boxes. You got a real sense of, you know, all New York society coming there, and Kreisler has his box, and who's sitting with who, and sort of the, the um, intertwined uh wealth with politics um that that happens there it was really a, kind of uh a place where it all connects
0: right it's it's a great shift from having been in the italian immigrant tenements to suddenly being on millionaires row and in the gilded mm-hmm. age and and, yeah. and spying on who is with whom and you know right. teddy is sitting with uh the mayor Right. And and just over to the to the side is JP Morgan with all of his quote unquote nieces.
1: Nieces, right. The the number of
0: which seems to expand depending on how many women he's met.
1: And when you come out, they have champagne for you. I always feel like this is the life I should have been living. I probably (laughs) I probably would have been living in the tenement, you know, starving. Mm. But you know, in my fantasy life, no, I would have been, you know, at the opera. Uh, (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. Probably would have been, you know, lighting, burning my house down with Shabbos candles. But, you know, I'm allowed to dream. I'm allowed to dream.
0: That's right. Um,
1: And then they go to the very famous, and in the book it's a big chapter, of the dinner at Delmonico's. Oh, but first we're introduced to the Isaacson brother, Marcus and Lucius.
0: Yes, yes, we get a formal introduction to that. Two
1: new characters, obviously there's Yiddish spoken in the house. They come from humble... Not dirt poor, not as poor as the Santorellis, but rather humble, yeah, you know, abode. Yeah. Um, the mother might have some mental problems because she thought it was Shabbat or it was Shabbat and they didn't want her to know they were going out, right? So they blew the candles, oh no, it's not Shabbat today, mom, and then they went out.
0: I think it was more likely that, yes,
1: yeah, um. And what's interesting is he catches the eye of some woman outside his door. Um, I'm not sure where this plot line is going. And later on sees her at a socialist meeting. And oh, one of the f-
0: we we forgot about the butcher shop early on where the two of them are investigating. It's yeah. another eyeball scene. She's yes. there, too.
1: The girl is there?
0: Yes, he spots her a couple of times. Mm. And they trade looks.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, yeah,
0: again, a Chekhov's gun. Right, right. Builds up, and
1: and they're digging around with this uh, big knife and looking for the knives. We're not really sure who they are at this point until right. you know they get ready to come to the dinner. And watching the two of them walk into Delmonico's, obviously out of their element, you know. <laughs> and the camera work was very nice. There was some spinning, um, and you know, kind of catching the room. You kind of had almost a little disorientation. The music, the lights—it it was just. Sensory overload, right? Uh, and the wealth and and the beauty of it, just stunning. And then they enter the private room of Kreitzler and the Scooby-Doo team.
0: <laughs> and and it's Avengers nice assemble. <laughs> on on top of you know all of that disorientation of being in, in this place, and they get to go to a private room.
1: Yeah, right. That's mm-hmm. that's
0: even more amazing.
1: It would have been nice if they showed more courses. Because in the book, they they describe, you know, each course is brought out, and, and they describe what's coming next, and it's amazing amounts of food. <laughs> I mean, it is, you know, a stunning amount of food. It's, you know, entree after entree after jellied, you know, aspics and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. It, it goes insane. Uh, and each course came with new wine. So you'd have right. a whole different glass of wine uh, with each course that was brought out. So... That's when we really get the plan.
0: Right. We learn we that the the knife they found that, that matched the uh, eyeball thing on the body is what they call an Arkansas toothpick that right. is specially weighted. It's a big knife, oh, but it's yeah. weighted so it can do delicate work. And they show it off and they explain that. They explain fingerprints, which was that was not a thing in the 1890s. And it wasn't accepted by the police department or the courts so right. so they they maybe explain it a little more than we need as twenty first century viewers, but at least it's important for the characters so okay we'll we'll let that go um and this is this is where they start to pull together where they start to say, "Yes, this is a thing we're going to do
1: mm-hmm. we're gonna set up our separate investigation. I can't wait for them to go to the house uh that they right. set up where they you know have desks in a circle. I hope they show that because it's so cool. They He sets up desks and he basically has them do research into his expertise, the criminal mind, psychology. Um, and they all have to read these gigantic psychology textbooks and they're up in the middle of the night um, and they become experts and they have a giant board, you know, with the dots where The murders have taken place on the map and the writing, you know, they, it's, it's just like, you know, a lot of, um, detective things or even Homeland, you know, Carrie with her big chart and her lines matching everything. Um, but it's very, it's a nice way for, you know, the, the show to kind of track what this guy is going to do. There's something we forgot. Mm -hmm. There's a. Quick little scene where a child is in the dark, a young boy. Oh, that's right. That's right. And you you see a, a presence coming, a man. Mm-hmm. And he says, "What's wrong with your smile?"
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with your mouth?
1: What's wrong with your mouth? Yeah. And then the fingers intertwine, and you know that child is not long for the world, and and that's your killer. Yeah. And then later on, when they're at um the Parisus Hall where Georgia was well
0: we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that oh
1: okay, I'm going too far, yeah.
0: yeah yeah we got we we still have other stuff, so they're even when they're still uh i guess are they still at the opera when uh Chrysler and Moore bump into Teddy,
1: mhm-
0: and Chrysler makes his pitch and says, you know, there's someone was hiding the files. Someone in your department is covering this up. And Roosevelt says, how did you know this? It's, well, I can't tell you. Um, and Roosevelt basically says, are you proposing a parallel investigation? And they cut away. They don't, they don't confirm or deny this. And so later on, when they say, well, are we doing this? Is this official? And uh, I guess Sarah asks, "Is this an official thing?" And Laszlo says, "Not in so many words." Mm-hmm. So it's it's still up in the air. Is it official or not? Is Roosevelt involved in it or not? Uh, but the thing that bothered
1: me—yeah,
0: everything in this show is still simplified to the same old, same old things yeah. that we know, right? I know. It's the it's the you know. The tension between Sarah and John. It's the the police commissioner being all policey and I mean this this show never met a cliche they didn't like, right? Yeah. Um, like uh, uh, when when she says at one point, uh, John says, "You know, is it okay that we're doing this? You know, is Roosevelt going to be okay?" And Sarah says, "I find it easier to ask forgiveness than permission." And I went, "Are you <sighs> just taking these out of a?" Book, you know these things, and
1: yeah, and
0: this is that. Well, this is going to be a weird jump, but uh, looking at something like Star Trek Discovery, that takes it, sets up all these things that you think you know, and then upends them. And it's done a really good job of being a a Star Trek series that's interesting because you don't know what's going to happen, you see all these things, and you think you know the tropes, and they're messing with us. And this, they really are just kind of leaning in and going, "Well, this is exactly how this would go." and you know, and, and stuff that isn't in the book, right Right. It's like, why do we need this? because it's TV?:
1: Well, ah, but. I'm still bothered by the fact that in the book, from the very first page up until uh, I'm about maybe a third of the way through, that Roosevelt is a wonderful, active vibrant character right working behind the scenes he suggests sarah be the liaison in an upcoming episode if they don't show this scene i'm going to be very disappointed he 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 becomes a defender a physical defender right uh, of the team um and 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 for him to be this wishy-washy guy um you know being kind of opposed to chrysler and and what you know not on the team i i just think not putting him on the team and then they could have had all these other cops be the ones be the you know antagonists right but tr was on the side of the team
0: and i mean part of this i guess is to show that chrysler is smarter than everybody but we don't need that we have not need we don't need
1: that let's let's
0: have intelligent people even even more is more intelligent in the book
1: yeah, Moore is an investigative reporter. Here, he's an illustrator,
0: and it it and still doesn't make sense. It
1: doesn't make sense because as an investigative crime reporter, he knew, he knew the criminals, he knew the underworld, he had contacts, he could right. find things out from files and interviews. What's he do now? Just draw pictures of girls?
0: Pretty much. Uh, I mean, and then
1: he said, "What's my role in the investigation?"
0: Yeah, what is my role? And then to Chrysler be in said, this? "You
1: may have already fulfilled it." Yeah. I don't know what
0: that meant. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's what uh, I think it was Dennis Miller once used this term for when he was, he was in a movie called the net and he, and someone said, what is, what do you do in it? Cause you're not the star and you're not the villain. What do you do? He says, I'm an expositional eunuch. I'm just there to ask dumb questions. So the hero can say things or explain things to the hero. And, and mm. that's what he really is in this. Like he asks dumb questions and then Chrysler says, well, of course. And and yeah. it's, you know, Holmes and Watson dumbed down.
1: Yeah, it could be that. I mean, now um, do we want to look at what how how it ends? Oh, so they do find a bloody fingerprint yes. on a locket. Yes. Um, and that is a crucial, crucial element um to finding the killer.
0: He may as well have left a monogrammed handkerchief.
1: Yeah. Right? Right. And
0: and that's a detail that to us is obvious, but at the time, not a thing. Mm-hmm. E- e- even even the twins have to explain that even though we're twins, these are our fingerprints, and they don't right. match.
1: Right. Uh, and it's right. it's a very
0: good illustration of how that how that works.
1: And hope and and this becomes key in in trying to catch this person. Right. Now now after this big dinner, there's a nice little scene with Chrysler and Sarah.
0: Well they, they get into In the, the carriage, carriage. Yeah. because Moore says he's just gonna walk. He's mm-hmm. he's maybe done with this. Yeah. At least we think so. And fortunately Chrysler tells Stevie, Here, here, you follow him just to make sure he gets home okay.
1: Because yeah, he's Stevie's had a great. to drink. Yeah.
0: And so the two of them get into the carriage, Chrysler and Sarah, and they have a lovely conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think that was a nice scene. Yeah. And um, oh oh, and you have that balance of uh before before Chrysler and Moore part when Moore says, you know, why is she involved? She's not as strong as you think she is Which is then balanced by her in the in the carriage saying, John is not as strong as you think he is.
1: Yeah. That and Chrysler
0: just has this inscrutable look of yeah. Yeah, Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean I think you know, they allude to Sarah's father. You know, killing himself. Uh, there's more mysteries of Sarah to be uncovered. I think. Oh yes. Um. But the, you know, they. She sees herself. You know, she she respects Chrysler. I think um, she could be a little bit falling in love with Chrysler. Like, really, who wouldn't? Right. I mean, if you've got Moore or Chrysler, you're going Chrysler.
0: (laughs) Oh, no question.
1: There's no question. (laughs) Now, there was this one little scene, a little uh, Chekhov's gun, where Mary, the housekeeper, um, sees Sarah. There's a little intercourse going on with Sarah and the men. And then Mary drops a cup, breaks it. And Sarah rushes over to help her pick it up, and the two of them are kind of bent, you know, forehead to forehead. And when Mary gets up, she has such a look, yes, on her face. Um, against Sarah, here comes another woman into my terrain. Um, with Chrysler. Um, there's some jealousy that was clearly laid out. I don't know how that's going to manifest itself. I, I don't like that Mary character.
0: Right. Now,
1: they don't go into her past, but I think she killed people. She killed a father that was abusing her, Hmm. and then she was put into a mental hospital and rescued by Chrysler, as was Stevie and Cyrus. They all had violent crimes. So there's these violent tendencies kind of underneath these people, which Chrysler has rescued and gotten out of, you know, mental asylums, basically.
0: And you have to wonder if that's going to, be important later too
1: i think something's gonna happen with mary yeah i don't trust yeah. that mary <laughs> um i think overall it was a strong episode and it ends uh very true to the book right Al- almost almost i think it must have stolen some of the lines where moore decides to go to the paresis hall um, on his own on his own foolishly mm-hmm now, the scene that they set there was disturbing yes it was yes. it was very as a watcher very uncomfortable to have these young boys displaying themselves um, dancing for these disgusting men um, it was just not a good place it was just a very you know uh, abusive exploited exploitative place right Um, and
0: and the producers said they they intentionally shot it that way to be from moore's point of view to have that sort of a little bit of distance to be disgusted by everything he sees and to tend to be uncomfortable yeah and Um, uh, and that was very effective
1: it was it was and of course he's drugged
0: yeah
1: but he follows this girl sally back up to the room and he does end up getting some good information before he blacks out.
0: Yeah, he he's trying to pay pay for his time and say no, 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 no. I don't yeah, actually just want to, to do anything. I just, just want tell information.
1: Tell me about tell me about uh, Gloria. And one of the things that's very interesting and that's going to come back and be a big clue is that jo- Gloria never left the room.
0: Right, right. When we went back, to and it's to a three-story it drop, and yeah. the
1: door was still locked.
0: And it was a drop, and she didn't have wings.
1: So that is a fascinating clue. How did the killer get in and out? And Sally also says the man with the silver smile.
0: Yes, which is something wrong with his mouth. Something wrong with his
1: mouth. Hmm. There's our killer, right? We, we heard that before. I don't remember reading that in the book so far. Right. There, they may be being more obvious than they need to be. That that has not occurred in the book. (laughs) The part about getting out the window has occurred. Right. Um, And you can see that, you know, pulling this team together, you have your kind of criminalists, you have the the psychological uh, in Kreuzler, you have the physical evidence guys and these brothers. Interesting, one of the brothers ends up banging some girl from the socialist club,
0: it's it's the same girl that he it's spotted before. The same before. girl.
1: I I don't know what that's about. That's not in the book. Right. Um, right. I'm not sure if they're well. creating a separate love line, or this woman somehow gets killed later, uh, or threatened somehow because now now the Marcuses are going to be followed.
0: Or or they just really Isaacs, wanted a sex Isaacs. scene. Well,
1: I don't Could know. Could
0: be. Could be. I don't know. Because uh, yeah. it. In at, at the moment it seems gratuitous. We'll see if it comes back. We'll
1: see what happens to that. Yeah. You know. Um also the political uh there's there's a little bit of political um laying the groundwork for, you know, the socialists, uprising, class right. issues, right. Um of the time, which isn't really referred to in the in the book very much. Right. Um so they're setting up maybe street battles, maybe political problems with the socialists it's it's unclear
0: and so we we finally come back to more
1: mm-hmm. at
0: at the brothel and and he's starting to feel a little more woozy mm-hmm. and you can see the camera work starts getting a little more dizzy and blurry and uh eventually
1: he's it's pretty b- terrifying it's a pretty it terrifying really is. i was pretty you know it's scary they, they did it well
0: yeah and and he's he winds up basically paralyzed on the bed clutching at his throat and he can't even speak really at which point the bosses of paresis hall and a policeman we recognize as doyle come in and what are we going to do with him come on in girls and he is swarmed by a bunch of the child whores and we close we close in on his eyeball
1: yeah they really
0: have something about eyeballs
1: yeah, this is, I think we should start noting the eyeball, yeah. eyeball chart. How many eyeballs? There were two in this episode. There was the, the cow eyeball right. and his eyeball, so it's, and one in the eyeball soup.
0: So so we're up to three for the series. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're going to have, maybe the third episode will have three. Maybe each one will have that many number of eyeballs.
1: I'm, look, I'm looking out for it now. Eyeballs.
0: <laughs> so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so yeah, what uh, fade, and fade to black and fade know? to black
0: as as he's being swarmed. We don't know what's going to happen, but nope. we know if we remember that Stevie has followed him. So
1: right, we'll see. Nice little cliffhanger. Yeah, if you haven't read the book, you yeah. know. Um I thought it was well done. Uh, definitely keeps you on your toes for next week. You want to find out what happened. You want to tune in. Does he make it? Does he not make it? Um uh-huh. You know because this. You know, it is a book where you know people die. He could, you know, right. if you haven't if you haven't read it, you know, another person bites the dust.
0: And and technically, we know he's not the hero, right? He's not right. the alias. And, and, and
1: Chrysler just said, "Your part is already played." Right? <laughs> Maybe right. we don't even need you. Maybe he was just the connection to get Sarah in. Right. I um, mean it.
0: It is interesting that they've again, you know adapting from book to TV and going to the, the dumber TV setups of uh, all of these characters seem to have to prove themselves. Whereas in the book, they're already experts at what they're doing. Yeah. And this is, you know, it, it seems like Moore is doing this going to the hall himself, even though he's an illustrator. Why does an illustrator care? Right. How does an illustrator know how to get information or interrogate someone? and and it's like he wants to prove right. himself to chrysler and yeah. and then by extension roosevelt
1: yeah yeah if only they just kept him as a darn crime reporter
0: right and you then know. that
1: comes in later uh with some problems uh with things that are printed you know and right. then, then the newspapers get a hold of some of this and then he's got to run interference and have his paper print something that you know says the opposite so there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen in the papers right right about papers papers finding out things pap- leaks to papers what does that have to do with more he's just sitting in his parlor uh, drawing fat people <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't think you caught her jawline exactly
1: i mean that was a great little scene maybe to show us how limited and frustrating Moore's life is maybe but he's bossed around by society you know grandams, um forced to make these you know little uh you know drawings of rich girls for their mothers and maybe we can see that as a contrast to trying to get the information trying to save lives being part of something bigger than himself but it's still bad he should have been the writer yeah should have been a hard nosed inter uh, investigator for The Times, um, because the papers do get roles to play here yeah, which big ones. that's
0: that's part of what's fascinating about the book to me is mm-hmm. is the whole newspaper side mm-hmm, and you know you uh, again I mean we said it last week the 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 book is dense enough and long enough you don't need to add complications to it, yeah, even when you have ten hours. Ten yep. hours is not that long either.
1: Not that long either on this book. So um, I think the pace was good this week.
0: Yes, yes.
1: I liked the pace this week a little more than last week.
0: And and the characters.
1: Not got, so much emoting; they were
0: right, right. They got to be a emoting. little more natural, and yeah. they were they were more interesting as a result. Right. Yeah. It was very very stilted in the first episode. Whereas this, they got to be a little more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I now I think it was the same director as last week. So kind of interesting that the, the two episodes are so different tonally. Yeah. So, but, you know, a pilot is a pilot.
1: Right. The series and is going to be different. The series is going to be different. I mean, Sarah continues to be, she's very beautiful on the screen. Yes. She has a beautiful stillness about her um, just a poise, mm-hmm. um, very unflustered, um, you know, in the face of kind of these men, very abusive men. I mean, it makes Don Draper and, <laughs> you know, those guys look easy. Right. You know. Right. These guys are coming up with bloody fingers on your cheek. I mean, you know, well, these, not just... these
0: are clearly rough, violent men. Yeah. I mean, this is not just, this is not being gentlemen.
1: No. Right. No. And, um, You know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But she's got some steel in her, and she's quiet. Hmm. Um, And I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see her interactions with Chrysler and more. Yes. Going forward. So I uh, think it was a a good episode, a strong episode. Laying out a lot of little markers to be picked up later. A lot of little clues. Getting the team together. I'm really excited for them to get to their headquarters right really excited right. for that i want to see the headquarters i want to see the desks i want to see uh, the big board you know well it's the such a visual thing. city. yeah
0: right so
1: because they end up basically living there right. right because that's that's too threatening they can't live at their houses so you know? all right so great yeah we'll look forward to the, uh, to the next episode
0: yeah yeah, the the first one I was a little dubious at the end, but this one's mm-hmm. like, all right, yeah, I I can keep going. We'll mm-hmm. see we'll see where it goes.
1: And it's beautifully shot. It's just so many beautiful oh, yeah. scenes. Yeah. I it's... haven't figured out. I haven't checked what the ratings were of this. Um, I don't know what the ratings are. How how right. did how did it, how did it right. do? We'll have to look that up and find. You know, out. I, I'll I look think it up. It did well.
0: It's you know it's different with basic cable shows you know the the scale is different the audience size is going to be different but i'll i'll check and see how it's doing
1: Mm -hmm.
0: okay so so all right i i think that about does it for this episode sure Um, we'll be back next week with episode three thank you for joining me jess
1: Uh, it's my pleasure
0: and we'll see you soon i must follow this wherever it goes We'll be right back. back.